This is Todd from the Junkyard Outreach. Welcome and thanks for joining me. For more information and episodes, check out junkyardoutreach.com. You may have heard the saying there are three kinds of people in the world sheep, wolves, and sheepdogs. Most people are like sheep. They go around minding their own business, ignorant of the evil that's all around them, not realizing they are easy prey for those who want to take advantage of them and do them harm. Those that want to take advantage and do them harm are wolves. They're predators, and they seek to devour their prey. To protect the sheep, there are sheepdogs who defend the sheep from the wolves. And in my life, I've met many people who are like sheep, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some are very loving, very faithful, while others can be a pain and are very irritating, but they're just like sheep. They're really clueless of the threats all around them, and that's actually a blessing to them. It allows them kind of to live in a bubble. And I've also met a lot of wolves. They're everywhere. There are people who roam around continually trying to devour people causing all kinds of grief. And these are not just criminals. They're opportunists who seek nothing but to please themselves. And they'll bulldoze anyone to get their way if they're able to get away with it. But I've also met a lot of sheepdogs. These are protectors whose nature it is to protect those who need protection. And these people are not just in security roles. They are teachers, social workers, parents, neighbors, etc. They understand the threats and they actively address them. They're careful. So I find that this analogy is true. There's truth in it. However, there is one type of person sadly omitted from this group, a person who is not really in the limelight, but who tends and feeds the flock, who also protects against the wolves. And that person is a shepherd. A shepherd's role is not only to protect the sheep, but also the sheep dogs. The shepherd decides where to take the flock for grazing and then leads them to a safe place of rest, as well as searching out any lost sheep and attempt to recover them. And the shepherd will also discipline the sheep when needed. That could be a lonely and unappreciated job. Therefore, few would actually choose to do it. But those faithful shepherds can raise healthy sheep and increase not only the size of the flock, but the quality of the sheep as well by properly feeding, watering, exercising, and tending them. Whereas the unfaithful shepherds, what they do is just do their job. They don't really care for the sheep, and so the flock suffers. Using this illustration in the scriptures, we see the same thing, that pastors are called shepherds. And a pastor is a person that shepherds the flock of God. And I believe that it is a divine calling from God. And if a person does not have that calling, they should not pursue it. Why? James 3.1, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. I read that and I'm like, man, because I'm called. I got a clear, very obvious calling. And I try to get out of it. But God's like, nope, this is where you're going. I'm like, okay, fine. So I did it. But I know that what I teach, I'm accountable to God. And that's scary because I'm not perfect. And I don't know everything. I know that because God has called me into this, he's called me into being a pastor teacher that I'm held accountable for that, for what I know. And a pastor is a teacher of the word as well as an example to the flock. A pastor is a representative of God to the congregation and is among the few different roles in what we would call church government, which I don't like that name because it sounds too formal. But really, in Ephesians 4, we see that God gave apostles, he gave prophets, evangelists, and shepherds and teachers. And it appears that shepherds and teachers is kind of a combination term. A pastor needs to be able to teach. And the purpose in verse 12 to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. So there's the purpose of these four roles, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That means that every person that is in the congregation has a role in the ministry. It's a role in life, not necessarily in that particular church. Their role is likely outside the church. 
and also for building up the body of Christ. We do that in faith. Until we attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So there's also a responsibility to keep the body safe so they're not deceived. A lot of deception going on in the church especially now where a lot of people are doing what's right in their own eyes and thinking that the Bible is no longer relevant. Okay, all right, we'll see how that works in eternity. The Bible's very relevant. Still, the Word of God is timeless. So the words shepherd and teacher, again, they go together, and the calling of a pastor is a teaching ministry. And I believe all pastors must be able to teach the Word verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and book by book. To me, this is reasonable. You need to know the Scriptures. You have a congregation that needs to learn the Word so they can be equipped and built up so that they can avoid being deceived. And now, a Bible-believing Christian is someone who is referred to just as another label in a church. Oh, you're a Bible thumper. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a Bible-believing Christian. Oh, you're one of them religious enthusiasts. It's like, no, I read the scriptures. I call upon the name of the Lord, and guess what? God answers, and this is my relationship with God, like the Bible says, and they don't want to hear that, because they're tossed to and fro and carried away by every wind of doctrine. Jesus raises up his servants and pastors are among them. And in our society, and through much of the history of the church, pastoring has been simply a vocation for many. And there's certainly been faithful pastors whose calling was from God and who faithfully pursued equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. No doubt, been some great pastors. And a lot of them you'll never hear of because they were faithful, they were quiet in their ministry, and they loved their congregation, and they shepherded them. There's also been those who are dearly loved by the congregation, but who wouldn't teach the word. They want to offend. The first church I went to was like this. The pastor or minister, as he was called, in that flavor of Christianity, he never taught the scriptures, and he did not model godliness either. But for me as an unbeliever, checking out church, just kind of trying to figure out what's going on, I found this guy funny. He was approachable, so I liked him. And I was in that church for several years. But I learned nothing about sin, repentance, salvation by faith, or obedience to the Word, and I wanted to learn. If I had died in that time while attending that church, I would have been eternally lost because I didn't have the knowledge to make the decision for Christ that I later gained by my pastor who was faithful to teach the Word. Some Christians want pastors who are non-confrontational and don't talk about all the dirty things in scriptures like sin, repentance, judgment, hell, etc. They don't like that message. And nobody likes that message, but nobody likes to go to the emergency room when they break something either, do they? Oh yeah, I broke my arm. I can't wait to go to the emergency room. It's going to be cool, but it's necessary to provide that healing. A faithful pastor will address these things, but all the while emphasizing and demonstrating the greater message of the scriptures, and that's love, the love of God. And there's also churches whose congregations are consulted regarding issues in the church, and they vote on the issues. So if the pastor is teaching the scriptures, and he hits a whole slew of nerves on a Sunday when teaching on a tough subject, the congregation can pressure the pastor not to talk about stuff like this. So pressure from the congregation can actually manipulate the pastor's message. And if the pastor is teaching from the scriptures a message of truth and they don't like it, then the truth is being suppressed. That's not good. We're commanded as pastors and elders to shepherd the flock, First Peter 5.1. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and as a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. So pastors and elders, in in this context, elders, 
they were overseers. Paul appointed elders in many of the churches in the cities that he visited. And as the church was growing, you know, these guys may not have had the specific title of pastor, but they still were operating in that capacity, shepherding their flock, protecting the flock from the wolves. And many of them did that faithfully. And Acts 2.42 was the model. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of the bread, and prayers. So four things made that early church strong. Learning the word, becoming a community, intimacy with God, and praying together. And these four things made that church strong and still makes churches strong today using the same model. It also works to make the individual believer strong as well. So if you're suffering, if you're floundering in your faith, get back in the word, get back into community, get back in intimacy with God, get back into prayer. Those four things. You don't need that much more than that. In Matthew 9, 35, Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into this harvest. And laborers obviously are not only pastors. There's all kinds of laborers. That's the work of the ministry. That's why we equip the saints to share the gospel with other people so they don't have to spend eternity lost. So the harvest is still plentiful, and indeed the laborers are few, but God's still in control. And he's calling those who he has prepared a role for as a pastor to follow him in that role. And when God calls us into something, and despite our feelings not wanting to do it, we actually step out in faith, then we will be blessed. Thank you.